In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our text is from the Holy Gospel, read a few moments ago. Please join me in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. It is no secret today that our world has many problems and many crises. It is true also in our community. It's true also in our families. And yes, even in the Holy Christian Church and the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. There are many things that we think that we can do to fix these problems. Elect the right people. Appoint the right officers. Educate more. Do all these things. But as I thought about it this moment, I thought perhaps the problem with all of these things is in the world, our community, and the church is that all of these people out there aren't like me. That's the whole problem. You've wondered what's wrong with all of the problems in the world, the people in the world, right? Well, there's your answer. If everyone was more like me or you, things would be so much better, right? Of course it's not right. But we often think that way and act that way. We can't imagine why people aren't more like us. However, in our better moments, we realize that's a lie. If everyone was like me or you, the world would be much worse, not much better. The world is blessed to have all sorts of different people from all tribes and nations, ages. Now the same thing we should be able to say, see this morning about God himself. God is different than you and me. He's not like us. He doesn't do things the way that we do them. He doesn't think like we think. He doesn't see things the way that we see things. That's why many people in this world don't like God or cancel God. That's why many people don't believe in the holy triune God and want nothing to do with him because he's not like them. And they think the world would be a whole lot better if God were more like them. But he's not. And it's a good thing. Because if God were like you or me, then the world would be in a whole host of trouble and peril. Now I bring this up this morning that God is not like you and me to tell you something about the parables of Jesus. When Jesus tells a parable, it's almost always specifically de designed to show us that God is not like us. That his ways are not our ways. Jesus taught in par parables precisely because it's hard for us to understand the mind of God. To accept that he's not like us. And if you really look at his parables closely, you'll find that there's always something very surprising about them. Something that's different from the way that we would normally act or do or say. 
So for instance, the parable that Jesus tells right before the parable that we're talking about today, the shrewd manager, is the parable of the prodigal son. The younger son takes his inheritance and he blows it all. And then he comes crawling back on his knees home. The normal way that we will handle that is that you have to earn dad's respect and trust again. You wouldn't throw a big party and act like everything's fine, even though he treated his dad as if he were dead. But that's the way God is, not the way we are. He is so full of mercy and love for sinners that he welcomes us back with forgiveness every time we repent and turn to him in faith. We don't have to earn his love. God isn't like us. You don't have to earn anything from him. You simply receive all that he gives. So right after that parable, when we learn that God isn't like you or me, then Jesus doubles up with another parable that teaches a very similar thing. And that's our parable for today. The shrewd manager. We would never do things the way this parable does it. Never. Because God isn't like us. Only God would do things like this in the parable. So in the parable, the manager is found to be wasting his boss's possessions. Stealing from the boss and losing his money. He's a bad employee. So what do you do? You fire him immediately. And maybe even press charges against him. Get your money back. Well, the boss in the parable does fire him, but he allows the manager time to get the books to him. Well, in that time, the manager goes around and he settles up with all the other farmers for less than what they actually owe. So now the boss even loses more money. Now what do you do to him? You kick the guy to the curb as hard as you can. You cancel him. Let's put this in a real case scenario today. Say the mayor or the city manager of any given city in this nation is found to be stealing a bunch of money from the city. So he or she is immediately fired. But before they leave the office, they're allowed to cut a bunch of deals for friends so that the city loses even more money. What do you do? Well, we kick them to the curb, don't we, as hard as we can. We spread their face across the news. That's what we do. You see, we're not like God. And God is not like us. Because this parable tells us something totally different. Mercy, compassion, not punishment, not revenge, not giving him his due, not sticking it to him, none of that. That's what we would do. We'd make sure that we get even. No, not God. God commends this awful manager. He forgives him. The Pharisees, or the bad guys, that were hanging around Jesus when he told this parable, thought that God really should really give low-life sinners what they deserved. They thought that God should take the best to heaven, which was, of course, themselves, and then he should kick all of the bad people out. And generally, that's what we think too. 
What about a rapist? What should we do with them? If you were God, what would you do with a person like that? Give him his due right, right? Well, I know one thing. We wouldn't throw a party when he comes back and repents. We would never commend such a guy who's committed such a crime as that, right? Show no mercy. Show no forgiveness. Oh, how about What about a guy by the name of Daryl Brooks? Do you remember that name? Nobody in here does? Boy, how quickly we forget. If I showed you his face in front of you on the news, you soon would know who he is. He is the young man who drove a car through the parade down in Waukesha. If you were God, what would you do with a guy like him? What about a terrorist? Someone who kills Christians in the Middle East simply because they're Christians or kills other Muslims because they're not the right kind of Muslim. What should we do with them? Well, I'll tell you one thing. You don't send your only begotten son to go and die for them, do you? Certainly not. You don't give a chance to sinners like that to turn and receive mercy, do we? Because you and I aren't like God. This is the surprising twist in this parable of the shrewd manager. The manager wastes money, then tries to save his own skin. And instead of getting an angry boss who's ready to kill him, he's got a smiling boss who's commending him, commending him for seeing where real shrewdness and mercy actually lies in showing mercy. The truth is, God does not give sinners what they're due. If he did, we'd all be fired and kicked to the curb. He doesn't give us what we really deserve. That's what you and I would do. Think if for a moment that every evil thought in your heart and in your mind was tick-tocked all day long or Snapchatted all over the world. Boy, our heads would hang in shame and disgust. We kicked the person to the curb. But God isn't like us. He's a God of mercy. We owe a massive debt to him. He settles the whole bill by giving his son Jesus to give his life as a payment on the cross. And then when we turn to him for forgiveness, repent, he actually commends us. He commends us. And we should say, for what, God? For what? And he says, I commend you through faith in Jesus Christ, and I love you though you are a sinner, and I forgive you all of your sins. They are removed. Let me put it to you this way. God doesn't seem to care about his own honor. He lets prostitutes, and murderers, and insurrectionists, and gossips, and abortionists, men who abuse their wives, men who abuse their children, women who abuse children. He allows alcoholics and drug addicts, and the list goes on. He lets them all turn to Jesus Christ in repentance and faith, and he forgives them, and he commends them to our Father as justified sinners. Where is his honor? How could he let such people like that in the kingdom of God? How could he let people like you and me in? To let poor, miserable wretches like us in 
receive his grace and mercy and not only to forgive us but to commend us and says, this is my beloved child with whom I am well pleased. I love you. How can a God do that? God isn't like us. He's a God of mercy. And that's where real wisdom is. One more way to let me put it to you is sometimes you and I think because that we're uh, good, upstanding Christians. I'm a card-carrying member of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. In fact, I'm even on the roster. We don't want to be seen to be too nice to certain low-life sinners that everyone knows. You don't want anybody to get the wrong idea, do you? Neither do I. We don't want to be seen as if we're actually friends with people who have committed grievous sins and have received forgiveness and repentance or that when we in any way approve of anything, someone like me, a pastor or a a member of Trinity Lutheran Church in Sheboygan can't be seen with the lowlifes. People might get the wrong idea. But God isn't like us. He hangs around sinners. And he commends us through faith in Jesus Christ. And he's not worried about his honor. It's all about his son, Jesus Christ. So we ought to learn this lesson well. Wisdom and shrewdness is hidden in mercy and forgiveness. Not in getting more money and possessions. Not in getting even. Not in sticking it to people. Not canceling people. Not making sure so-and-so gets what's coming to them. No, God has shown us incredible mercy. He's not only forgiven massive debt of sin, but he's also commended and praised and loved us in Christ Jesus. Chief of sinners. So we are truly wise and shrewd when we show mercy. When we forgive. When we love even when there's a chance that it might hurt our reputation, even when there's a chance of somebody seeing me with another sinner that the world has condemned, that's the way of God. That's the way of Jesus, our Savior. And it's the way of all those who follow Jesus to show mercy and love. And God's solution is that he sent his Son to become just like all of us. That he might do something that only God could do, forgive our sins by his death on the cross and commend us to his Father, our Father in heaven, as beloved children, a family. In fact, he not only commends you, but he welcomes you to the Sunday dinner table, to the Holy Eucharist, to give you his very body and blood. So welcome, dear family, dear sinners, repentant sinners, Have a seated honor at this heavenly table. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now may the peace of God which surpasses all understanding guard your hearts and minds through faith to Christ Jesus, to life everlasting. Amen.